Hello and welcome back to The Latecomers. I'm Amity. I'm Lemuel. And we are bringing this one in for a rocky landing. We are watching, or we have watched, the season one finale of Battlestar Galactica. Part two. Cobal's Last Gleaming. Right. Part two. And it was not a part two because it was also a cliffhanger, but we'll get there. So, before we get into this wackiness... How was your week? My week was actually pretty good. It was filled with lots of running around and actually home improvement stuff. Home improvement stuff. Yes. You opened a window that hasn't been opened since I was born. (laughs) Where one door closed, I was able to open a window. And then I He's got so to... witty, ladies and gentlemen <laughs> and others. I got to creep up into the attic and see all the insulation, which was exciting. Um, I was yeah. in the living room this whole time. I didn't do any of it. Well, yeah, but you got the wonderful sight of us, uh, me and my son, pulling up a ladder that just kind of goes on forever. It was comical how right. long that ladder was, yes. It looked like up... a sketch. And then we put up, you know, uh, because we have a... Um, a door into the attic that's above the back porch. So scary. And yeah, it can't be reached with a regular ladder, so we had to put this long ladder up there and then realized that once we got up there, we couldn't actually go inside of the attic because there was insulation all over the two-by-fours that we'd need to see where to step. Oh, so you could just fall through the ceiling. Well, we have... Please don't. We have a vent in the kitchen that was made because somebody, when we were putting on the roof, just stepped right through our, our, our kitchen ceiling. Handy. Right, it's so, a useful vent, actually. Right. So it was just like, okay, we're going to put the stove there and just stick the vent in the hole rather than oh, trying to build it. Oh, that's why the kitchen is yeah, the way it is. the way it is. Interesting. All right. So how was your your week? I did less of that. Okay. Um, it was good. I've uh, been working on our new venture. Oh, yes. We'll tell talk me more. about that at the end. Oh, okay. Tell yeah. me more later. I will tell you more later. Uh, and I was catching up on Game of Thrones so that I could watch it when it premiered. So, yes, it was, I, I, at any given point, there were... Um, Tits and dragons on the screen. Yes, I wasn't <laughs> going to say it, but yes, there That's Ian McShane's name for the show. Right. So, uh, yeah, I was trying to rewatch all of it. I got up into season five and realized I wasn't going to make it. And so I found a thing online that was like, the 21 episodes you have to watch before the rewatch before the premiere. And I was like, cool, I'll watch these seven episodes that were left at the end of the series. Uh, and it worked out. And then I watched it. I admire your level on. of commitment. It was so good. There was just so much. <laughs> you know. I haven't wanted to watch a thing when it was on in a long time. Okay. I'm like, it's going to be but there you know so I can get to it anytime I want. It'll be spoiled, though. That was my fear, is right. um, three minutes after it started playing on the East Coast, uh-huh. my Facebook feed was ruined. That's why I wanted to watch it, because I was like, I'm not a big person. I'm like, I don't, spoilers don't typically spoil for me, uh-huh. but I wanted to see what was going to happen, yes. rather than have somebody tell me their thoughts about what they had seen happen. So well, also I don't like when people. Well, it happens often on Facebook when you're in groups. They will sum up what they just saw and then just blurt out their opinion on it. This yeah. sucked, or this was so stupid. Yeah. Or, well, like I don't care. That doesn't opinions. bother me at all. Because right. if you think it sucks, I'm sorry. That sucks for you. I, yeah. I, I, I'm really genuinely sorry that you sat through a thing that you didn't like. 
but that doesn't have anything to do with me. <laughs> well, yeah, but then those sort of... Although there are some things when somebody says that they don't like it, I get mm-hmm. real, like, personally offended. Right. So I try and keep myself out of that because that's, that's not I, healthy. I get that feeling when I hear cross things about Godzilla. We know some people who might listen to the show who dislike objectively good stuff. And right. that's when it's like, I have to go. Right. I can't have a conversation. What? Sorry what? you don't like it. I gotta leave. <laughs> Nope. When you dislike Phil Collins because he's not Peter Gabriel, there's something wrong. Yeah, no, that's not that's, a that that's not a valid like, reason sorry. to dislike a thing. I love this person, but no, because <laughs> by rights we have to have everybody else is not Peter Gabriel. <laughs> right. So don't fuck everyone, I guess. It was I don't know how yeah. to. I can't counter that argument. <laughs> right. so I just have to blink I, and I walk don't away. Even know if the argument makes sense. Um, all right, you want to get into this okay, uh, so yes, finale let's, let's that's not a finish this full up. finale? Yes. So I'll let you do the, the, the whole kind of... Um, yeah, we're going to do it differently than... I'm not going to go beat by beat like I did last time, because mm-hmm. less, actually, weirdly, less happens. Well, yeah, because it was just things that were set up in part one just sort of fall into place for part two. Yes. So let's start with Caprica. Okay. On Caprica... Starbuck arrives. Mm-hmm. She arrives at the museum, and she's looking for the Arrow of Apollo, which is a real thing in kind the of museum. Uh, yeah. She finds it. She shoots out what, I, what appears to be the only remaining glass case in this entire building. So loud. And so, of course, Cylons come. But not Cylons. Just six. Number six. A, a living, walking around version mm-hmm. who then fights Starbuck real real bad. Right. And is winning. And I feel like they folied this in a way that made it sound like she was hitting a machine. Yes, but it went both ways, yes. too. Yes, every like, punch that was thrown sounded like right. metal on metal. And I was like, is Starbuck? Well, it reminds me of when you're watching the later Rocky movies, Mm. and um, Dolph Lundgren admitted they would foley in the sound of a cannon going every time he threw a punch. A cannon? A cannon. Okay, that's not... A cannon shooting a beanbag, something big and soft like that. So it gave the impression of something really big and heavy. And he's like, yeah, it was... He admitted it. It was stupid, right? Wow. And he knows from stupid. He has like a a high degree. He's he's a very smart man. He's like a PhD or something. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's right, Dolph Lundgren. That's what I said. Um, so they fight, they fight, they fight, but then Starbucks sort of... Has a disadvantage of fighting someone who basically has all the stamina in the world because they're right. artificial. Um, so she sort of decides to push her through the floor? Yeah, there's a big hole in the floor of the museum. And she and lands on top of her. Mind you, there's not a single piece of art in here that is safe for them. They no, she's firing over. her gun willy-nilly when Starbu- or when uh, number six is sort of running around. Mm-hmm. And she takes down statuary and... <laughs> yeah, so all of the art left on Caprica has been destroyed I was just now. like, stop firing your weapon in a museum. <laughs> especially when you can't see what you're firing at. Uh, so then she pushes her through the hole and then lands on top of her, and it's it's a rough it's, go. It's like, what, a two-story fall? Or it something? looks like it's far, and number six is out of commission, but Starbuck right. 
clearly has the wind knocked out of her, and it, it might be knocked unconscious. Right. Well, she um, is unconscious. She doesn't revive for a couple of minutes. Uh, it's unclear, because uh-huh. then we see Hilo. Right. And I don't know if she he sees them fighting and then sees her fall. I think he's... Yeah, I think I that's think he case. sees them fighting and sees her fall, so I don't mm-hmm. think she's out for that long. And he goes and... Um, oh, before this, on an earlier... Uh, Point. Earlier that same day. Yeah. Boomer's like, I'm pregnant. So. Now. <laughs> it was like a weird scene because she's like, do you see that building? And he's like, yes. And he goes, she's like, it's heavily defended and we can't stay here now. And he's like talking to her like she's a toaster and she gets real mad and she's like, you're only alive because I saved you, so shove it up your ass. Like, she literally says that to him. <laughs> and then it's like... Which means she's really human now. We can't be here in the light. We have to come back after dark. Let's mm. go. And then she bounces. And then, well, it's still light outside. This fight happens, and they are there. So I don't... Uh, the timeline on that is a little bit... I mean, at least in confusing. an old movie, you would cover it with day f- for night, you know? Yeah, but it definitely was day. No, it, was it was just daytime. day for day. He, it was daytime when Starbuck landed because I'm like, you're just gonna land and just walk into this building right. and fire a weapon on a Cylon occupied planet? Okay, go for it. Military genius. Um, so then Hilo picks her up and like leans her against the um, like a pillar, and mm-hmm. then she sees on the floor they just came from a boomer. Uh-huh. And she understands, like instantly, she understands what that means, and she starts firing at her. Right. And Hilo stops her, and says, "She's pre- you can't. She's pregnant." And she's like, "She's a Cylon. She's a Cylon." And he's like, "You can't. She's pregnant." And then, we out. That's it. That's it for Caprica this season. Yeah, we finally got to the end of Caprica, and absolutely nothing was resolved. Will Hilo get off the planet? Will they get the? They found the arrow, right? So and it's literally an arrow. It's yeah, no, that w- it wasn't a metaphor, right? I just, it's an actual. It's big. Yeah, but at the same time, I was just expecting like, okay, so it's just an arrow. You think it was going to be the size of the big arrow in? I thought it was going to be like a big arrow. arrow. That you, you, you spin, and then it, it lands on. No, the... do you do you know that giant arrow and quiver? Not quiver, bow. In on the Embarcadero, oh, that yeah. huge one that's yeah. real ugly. I'm sorry, I hate it. In San Francisco, they have street art, and some of it's bad. <laughs> yes. Um, that's the, the question for me is, like, I'm not sure how this arrow that's basically the size of an actual arrow um, is supposed to point the way to Earth. you got to put it in a, Athena's pocket or something. You have to put it in something. to what you just said. I understand what I said. I did it on purpose. Apollo's Uh, arrow in Athena's pocket. uh Uh-huh. I did it on purpose. Um, It's something, Athena's something. You put it in there and then it points the way. I don't, I can't remember. So it's like those moments. And they haven't said it again. In Lord of the Rings where you have to put here and do this and do that and the light shines through a keyhole or something. I I didn't know. So what we don't know from Caprica is will they get back off? Can Hilo fit in the ship? Will they bring Boomer? What's going on? Well, what seems, the conversation that seems to be happening is Starbuck is saying that she wants the arrow to point the way to Earth. Right. She's going to take it back to 
Cap or to Galactica and then go on to Cobalt. Well, that's that's what she explains to Hilo, and then Hilo says there's no such thing as Earth. Oh, that's right. And then somewhere in between, it's like, shoot that girl. No, she's pregnant. And I'm not sure why that would stop you from shooting her. Well, because they don't want to kill a baby. <laughs> you only have her word for it that she's pregnant. That's the other thing. And she's a there's lying no, tester. There's no test. She didn't pee on a stick and show right. him. Uh, yeah, we just have her word. I'm not going to make a Game of Thrones reference. I not, I not, I not. Uh, okay, so that's what happened there. Now, let's go to Cobol. Cobol. On Cobol, mm-hmm. Baltar is still knocked pretty fucking silly. Um, and then he is led by Head Six uh-huh. uh, across this field. Who's very angelic looking. She, she's wearing a beautiful white dress. And she lends her hand to him out of the burning flames and pulls him out. Oh, yeah, that's right. But after that... In I'm ridiculously just, slow motion. I don't care about that. He, he, <laughs> I, I, really I wouldn't have cared more had he actually been trapped in the burning flames and finally gotten rid of him. Well, but. he was trapped, and then we can't get rid of him. So they bring... She, she like, leads him across to the, uh, the ruins of the opera house mm-hmm. and um, sort of restores it in his brain around him right. and takes him up onto the stage where there's a cradle and apparently a beautiful female baby that she says is like the beginning of the next generation of right. God's children and he will be the protector of that generation and then they kiss and what I can only assume is that everybody else just sees him wander across this field and then stand in the middle of this ruin just opening and closing his mouth like a lunatic <laughs> like a cod actually <laughs> yes and um. uh no, yeah. I, I feel that... And that's I, basically it. That's what happens on Cobol. <laughs> I, I told you about how, like, last, in the original television program, right, they went through the trouble of creating a Cobol that looked... That like was the ruins. shot in Egypt. ancient Egypt, right? They shot it in, in, in Egypt. And so Cobol was this really remarkable place. And I have to admit, the Cobol that I'm looking at, the opera house, Basically, looks like the lobby of the Paramount Theater in Oakland. Yeah, it's not a it good recreation. It's not impressive at all. <laughs> I kind going, of wish they just left it as the ruins because the right. ruins looked cool. The ruins did, and so I'm just looking at it, going, "This basically looks like the bus stop or bus station, you know, that we have here. That's very Art Deco." Um, we're spoiled. We're from Oakland. There's a lot of Julia Morgan yeah. buildings around here, so there's like beautiful architecture. No, but this. it does. It also looks like the inside of a theater of. Yeah. Any of the theaters in the city. But when you think this is their equivalent to the Garden of Eden, you're expecting more, and it just is kind of like... Uh, well, I don't consider an entire planet their equivalent of the Garden of it Eden. It just... Yeah. So... It, it lacked for me, but, you know... Uh, then we are back on Galactica. Okay. And Colonial One. That's the name of the presidentship, everyone. We've this gotten it wrong a lot. This the to me of the episode. Yeah, but it... Yeah, it was interesting. It was, so, yeah. Adama immediately demands, Commander Adama immediately demands that the president resign and get thrown in the brig. Uh-huh. So, they had decided that uh, convincing, or that, that he would do all military stuff and she would do all um, civilian stuff. Mm-hmm. And by her convincing Starbuck to do something, She'd overstepped his bounds, so he's like, "You have to resign." Mm-hmm. And I'm like, "Well, I don't think you have the right to demand that of her." And first she of doesn't all. believe that either. No, 
Um, she's there. She's like, I understand what you're saying, but I'm not going to, as long as I can do this job, I'm going to do this job. Also, you're on speaker and the press is here. So they just heard you be aware of that. Um, and so she tells all the people that are with her, uh, and that includes Alosha and Billy, Mm -hmm. um, look, they're going to, they may come over here. I don't want you to be in trouble or to be hurt. Right. So go down with the f- civilians in the cargo hold. And they're all like, we stand with our president. Specifically, Billy says, we stand with our president. And um, then there's a standoff. And she does not think that Adama will move forward with his threats for a couple of reasons. One, she thinks she, he was trying to get her to bend uh, through negotiations, so she doesn't think he's ready to take act, action yet. Two, there is the matter of a missing Starbuck. There is the matter of a missing group on uh, Cobol. There is right. a matter of a Cylon base ship that needs to be There's blown up. There's so many up. more important things to deal with yeah. that this seems to be ridiculous. So she's like... He's not going to come. Now, Adama doesn't bluff, apparently. So Adama sends Lee and a bunch of Marines over to soft dock, which I think just means hug up on. Well, it looks ships. like what they do is they sort of suction themselves to the Onto ship. Onto the ship, and then they start cutting through the hull. Right. This feels really dangerous. And meanwhile, we've got Duwala and Billy talking to each other. Uh, the communications on both sides mm-hmm. and both of them are like, uh, is this really happening? He's not really going to do this. She's not really going to do that. Like, and they both want a peaceful resolution. Right. Like, neither of them wants uh, anything bad to happen, but they also are like, uh, shit's really going down. Right yeah. Now. <laughs> that, that to me, I think that this part of the episode or this segment of these episode mm-hmm. stories was again, and it felt a little bit like twin peaks to me where, I kept waiting through the stupid characters to get to the part I cared about. Yeah. And this confrontation between two people that you're set up to respect for their various powers is really very tense. Yeah. And the fact that uh, her personal secretaries, and none of these are really military guys, are all armed and standing around her. Yes, they are. They So they say, like, Billy's like, it sounds like they breached the hull. And then Mm -hmm. Duala is also saying they breached the hull. Like, they're in tandem with each other, but right. also on the line with each other because they're in a relationship, right? Right. Uh, and the Marines come into the room. President is standing behind, yeah, what I guess are her cabinet secretaries, right. basically, all with guns drawn, standing in front of her. Um, and the uh, Marines come in and Apollo comes in. And I was like, how is Apollo going to play this? Because he really sees her as a mother figure, really mm-hmm. does respect her. Um, and so he comes in and he's ostensibly in charge of this thing and they're standing there just weapons to weapons and Apollo goes, no. And he puts his weapon to his own Marines and he's like, we're not going to destroy the democracy over this. Like, this is not like, this will take down the government as we know it. And it's we're not there. It's not worth it. What's left of the government because right. it's really it's just shreds of it now. Right. But now there'll be nothing, yeah, and be we're going to end up with a dictator with a military dictatorship. And his father is the dictator. Right. Uh, which, um, 
And then Colonel Ty also comes in and he's like, what the fuck is going on? Now he puts the gun to Ty's head. Yes, that's right. And finally, Rosalind sees that nobody is going to blink. Like, no one's going to blink and someone's going to get hurt. So she surrenders. Um, And they both end up going back to the Galactica and both she and Lee, she and Apollo are both put in the brig. Right. Uh, So that's where she ends up, in the brig, with cancer. Don't forget. Yeah, she's having a really bad day. We haven't talked about it for a while, but cancer. Now, a final storyline is the Adama sort of boomer storyline. So mm-hmm. Adama enlists a very recently released from the uh, sick bay, which I assume is what it's called. It's what it's called on Star Trek, right? Yeah. Uh, boomer to fly because he needs all of the pilot. Like he's running very low on pilots and they need to take something in and take out this base ship, or they can't rescue the people that are on the Well, I like the planet. logic. Dear Boomer, we're aware that you just tried to commit yeah. suicide. We have a suicide we mission. We have a suicide mission. So we could so... be useful and commit suicide, or we could not. So she is like, I'm, I'm, I'm up for it. It looks worse than it is, I mm. think is what she says about her wound, which... That half of my face that's missing? <laughs> right. The idea is that they're going to take one of the Cylon transponders, put it in a raptor, and hopefully... Uh, they'll just be able to fly towards the ship, uh-huh. um, pinging out that they are Cylon. Cylon. And they're like, well, maybe they'll think, even on visual, that you're just two Cylons returning with a captured raptor. Right. So um, she's like, I'll do it. He's like, it's going to be dangerous. She's like, I got it. I'm in. I'm doing it. So... She and uh, a female pilot or co-pilot named Racetrack, <laughs> which is a bad name. Yes, there's no way of salvaging that one. Not as bad for what she as does as Crash Down, but who crashed down? Yeah. So yeah, he did it. Maybe she'll race around a racetrack. Maybe, so. maybe she's very fast. We that don't know. She's not flying. So, sh- um. They are on their way, and then the launch system to the weapon, the mm-hmm. bomb that they have, jams. And so Boomer says, we're going to go, we're going to fly in. It's going to let us, because right. we have this transponder. We don't have another choice. We're going to fly in. We're going to manually discharge this thing, and we're going to fly out. That's what we're going to do. So she flies in, and Boomer decides she needs to get out of the thing, I guess, to let the bomb go. Right. To, well, the there. thing is the bomb can't disengage from disengage, the ship itself. Right. So she's got to go out right, and manually it or whatever. It. Yeah. It's, basically, it's like setting, you know, like a time bomb at this point. And then does she do that first before the next yes, thing? Yes, before the next thing. So she does that and then she sees... Because she tells... Uh, crash down. Track. Crash she track. says, I'm going to be back in five... I'll be back in five minutes if I'm not then uh, bounce, leave. Right. And to which racetrack says, yes, sir. She does not argue. She doesn't, yeah. like, I'm not going anywhere without you. She's like, yep, yes, I will be leaving in five minutes. In right. fact, four minutes and 55 seconds, you should get a move on. <laughs> like, right. I don't want to be here. I don't like it. I am leaving as soon as possible. So Boomer gets the bomb out, and then we see coming in through the this big archway. I'll explain this to the people who haven't seen it. So many nudes. Yes. 
just naked boomers. You don't. You only see her silhouette. You don't actually see. And her bare shoulders. Her shoulders and her calves. So, so this but is not she's like number six. Nude. Where she's mostly nude. Like all the time. there are maybe fifteen of them. Yeah. Twenty of them. And they are all saying her name, Sharon, and then she like freaks out and then she's like, I'm not a Cylon. And I'm like, bitch, you are clearly a Cylon. And then she's like, We love you no matter what, which is a weird that's it was a, a very weird strange thing. scene. I'm kinda of like, well, what was that supposed to accomplish? Oh. It was all I these other naked chicks but in my she family. Is I don't, I don't get supposed it. to be a softer model, like uh-huh. which six refers to as weaker, but I don't know that that's actually the case. Uh, It's just how Six characterizes it. Six Uh, has some issues and identifying things too. So then she's like, eh, and she flees to the raptor. (laughs) And then she gets inside and Racetrack's like, what happened out there? And she's like, nothing, we gotta go. And then she flies out and then all the Sharons see the bomb and they're like, hmm. And then they all explode. Then the whole thing explodes. Mission accomplished. And that's what we hear from Boomer over the radio to Galactica. Mission accomplished. And they're like, sweet. Nobody really cheers or is excited because we've had a very bad day. Right. <laughs> and so and we still lost a bunch of people on Cobol. Yes. And still haven't gotten the other right. ones. So I assumed then Boomer would go down and get them, but she doesn't. They go back to Galactica. Uh-huh. And then she... Spoiler alert. Well, this is the this is the this I was know. the one thing that really surprised me in the yeah. whole episode. They're on the bridge or whatever, the little right. area where they all of the command is happening, and I don't remember what they were even talking about. Well, Adama was congratulating her on a mission well done. Thank you very much. That oh, she was. Wa- I didn't. I thought she just walked in and did it, but no. I didn't realize they were having a conversation. That's right. right. And then uh, she pulls out her gun and shoots him twice in the torso. <laughs> It's real. There's a lot of blood. There's a lot of blood. And uh, Dual is holding his hand. I mm. see. I thought Lee was there, but I guess Lee not. Lee was there. Oh, I thought He's he was in the brig. not in the brig at the time. Okay. Um, they let him out. <laughs> I can't remember exactly what the directions were for him. I know that it's a court-martial basically for him, but I don't know if Adama didn't send him directly to the brig because they needed... See, this is the problem that I have with the show. Sometimes it's like I have to fill in the blanks. Yeah. And I, I, I like it when the writer does that and does makes people do logical things. Yeah. Um, yeah, because it's like, wait, how did we get here? So she shoots him, and they're calling for a doctor. Mm-hmm. Is there a doctor in the house? And uh, that's where we leave it. And as we all well know, there's only one doctor in the entire fleet. So. Yeah, something like that. And he likes to smoke cigarettes and blow them in your face when you have cancer. So <laughs> I don't know if that's true. That's just in my head. Okay. <laughs> uh. So that's that's how we leave it. Yeah. I know that Edward James almost continues to be in the show. Mm-hmm. So even though it does look like those are fatal wounds, uh-huh. uh, Boomer's not good at shooting things. So No, right. She missed her <laughs> face with her gun in her mouth. Well, so. she didn't miss her face. She missed her brain. Oh, that's true. Actually, she, she got, got her, her face. face. So, but she was aiming somewhere else. Uh, so it's un... Clear. I do really like the boomer character mm-hmm. and what they're having her do under the Cylon dictation and under her own volition. Right. Uh, that's that's really interesting. The fact that she shot him was that was the most surprising thing I think that's yeah. happened to this season for me. 
that's where I'm at. That's the end. That's the end of season so, one. Uh, to use uh, some of the, the criteria that we've used during this season of season. our show. Do you, who do you think won this episode? Oh, hell. Um, from a character standpoint, uh-huh. number six won this episode. Really? Uh, that's what I think. Um, I like in the ca- the characters in the show, who came out the best? Uh-huh. Number six. She got everything that she wanted. Right. She's making out with what's his face, it, looking at over a baby that is maybe boomers, maybe it's hers. I don't know. She and he had a bunch of unprotected sex, presumably. So if they can get pregnant, maybe she's right. one of her is pregnant somewhere. Mm, that could be. Which they may just keep, you know, hidden away. The mm-hmm. one that, although right. I thought that she exploded, so maybe not. She exploded, but as you're mentioning, if they're all models of the same uh, of the same figure, as soon as she got pregnant, they right. may have put her away. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, so it's unclear, but I think from a character standpoint, six is coming out smelling like a damn rose in this thing. What about you? I, what do you think? It's a hard one to say. I think that. From a dramatic point of view, Boomer won. Boomer she did gets the most. All the best scenes in Grace here. Grace Park gets, did right. the most in this episode. She and was all over the map. She really came up front, and she has to play you know different versions of herself mm-hmm. in this too. Um, in terms of the characters and the storyline, um, yeah, I still think that she won. I think uh, right now the question in which, my mind... Which version? Um, because the one that the is that an assassin, you think so? Yeah, because I think... She's got a hole in her face because she's suicidal and she just found out she's a Cylon. But here's a character who has these moments on where she does something very heroic and then you're wondering if the Adama shot was a retaliation that she was remotely remote controlled oh this it. that was definitely some cylon right and 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 the other oh that was another thing that i wanted to mention we know that six told baltar to get the hell off of, Ca- of right. uh, galactica because something was going to go down was this the something because it still seems like there's going to be a big explosion or something right. because this wouldn't necessarily directly impact baltar if he was on the ship currently right uh, unless she was afraid that Boomer can't aim, I, like I don't know, I don't know why she would have him off unless she was not trying to get him off of Galactica, but onto Koval. But mm-hmm. she didn't want to say that because right. they were having a fight, and so she didn't want to try and get him to do something. But if you're saving, if you're trying to get him to sub- use his self-preservation to, like, I'm telling you, you should go to Koval. Right. Fuck you, bitch. I don't want to do anything you tell me to do. <laughs> okay. Well, how about if you stay on Galactica, some bad shit's going to happen to you. Oh, let me bounce. Right. Like, I'm wondering if that's what happened. I don't know, and I won't for Yeah. So what would, you, what would you rate the episode? I think as a season finale, uh-huh. I'm going to give it a B. Yeah. This and the last together. Yeah. Um, I think they could have tied up a few of the loose ends and not left everything so cliffhangery. Yeah. Um, like I would have liked to see a closure to the Caprica storyline. Tell me who's getting on a ship. Right. Like because... something. Some sort of closure closure on the Caprica uh-huh. storyline. Um everything else 
Because then at least we know where the arrow of Apollo is going. Yeah. Like what's going on with that. Because we just brought that up. That's a totally new thing that we didn't know anything about. And it's still nebulous. Well, I felt like the episode uh, previous to this, the first part of it, introduced a bunch of new concepts and ideas. Mm Mm-hmm including this arrow business. And what I didn't like about that is I felt that there was no room to, I wanted them to tie up all the parts that they'd introduced earlier. Right. About Caprica, about yeah. what was happening on, on... I don't need them to tie everything up. No, I just think they should have tied something right. up, yes. And then what, what Because now we have all of these loose ends right. and also Adama is maybe right. dying. Right, but we had all these elements that we thought they were going to address... And they introduce a bunch of new elements in the first part of this episode, and they don't even resolve those ones. Right. So there's just sort of this uh, yeah. dam this, uh, of thoughts that didn't just, it didn't go anywhere. And it felt like, to me, like they were repeating themselves almost. Now we have two sets of people stranded on a planet, right? We have Caprica oh, yeah. and we have Cobol. Yeah. And then there's what's going on in the show. So now so are we like, going to have these five-minute vignettes on right. each planet? Right, exactly. Wait. So it just sort of felt like, oh, God, I don't know. I do like that Hilo hooked up with somebody who can get him off the planet. I don't yeah. love that we are totally unresolved with regards to the planet Boomer and right. what we're going to do with her. I, and I don't know what and they even can if Hilo can fit in that radar, like it seems like a tight space. Unless, of course, Starbuck winds up staying behind. But I don't know that. Uh, I don't think Starbucks. I I don't know what because this shows. I don't think do. anybody can fly that thing but her. Right. Well, Boomer could. She's not giving her ship to Boomer. Ooh, but Boomer might have taken it. Fucking Six might have taken it. We actually don't know that it's not... Yeah. Oh, hell. Now is Starbucks stranded on Caprica, too. See, that's it. Now we're going to go back every five minutes and talk to Starbuck on Caprica. Yeah. They're not going to do that to her. She's a bigger part of the show. Mm -hmm. I don't think that they're just going to be like, Katie, we don't need you for the first half of season two. (laughs) We're going to film... Seven minutes, and we'll spread it out for a half a season. I don't think they're going to do that. So, what are we doing? Well, um, why don't you present it? Because I okay. think it was your idea. So, well, first one. of all, we're going to take a break. We're not going to not finish Battlestar Galactica. Uh, we may come to... back to it, but we need a break from it because... Because I don't want to see Baltar. It's I, I pretty Baltar. bonkers. And we're getting frustrated, right. and we don't want to be mad at the thing that we're watching. No, we've done so, that with Twin Peaks. This is going to be the end of season four for us, mm-hmm. and we're going to start season five next week. Right. And three seconds after I put a post on Facebook asking for any thoughts and ideas, I came up with my own that you liked. So yes. that's what we're going to do. Um, sort of on a whim, I said... Stephen King adaptations. And you said, ooh, yeah. <laughs> right. I like this idea. Um, so I am a huge Stephen King fan. You are a me- medium, medium Stephen, Stephen King, King fan. Right. You don't read his works, but you have listened to his audiobooks. Uh, you've read a co- You've read Dance Macabre. Right. Um, we're going to go further next week into what our history with Stephen right. King is. But uh, I have been reading his stuff for... Nigh on three decades. Three decades. (laughs) So um, we're gonna start. We're gonna watch Mm -hmm. his the adaptations, the various and varied adaptations 
of his work, starting with Carrie, 1976 Carrie, and ending with... I don't know. I'll tell you what we're not going to do, The Lawnmower Man. (laughs) Yeah. We'll we'll talk about it, but we're not going to do it. We're not going to do it. Um, So we'll put together a list, um, and next week's episode will be an intro to Stephen King. Right. Uh, What we... Our relationship with Stephen King. Our relationship with Stephen King, what we're going to do, what our parameters are, all that good stuff. So I'm excited about this Mm -hmm. because it's going to be, there's a, it's a massive variety. You think it's narrow. It's not narrow. Well, that's something that, you know, we were discussing earlier when we came up with this concept. There are brilliant directors who work with Stephen King. Yeah. People like. And then there's Stephen King who works right. with Stephen King. And so you can go from David Cronenberg to Mick Garris somewhere in the middle, and at the very far end of the spectrum is Stephen King. Yeah. Who is not a movie director. He's not a movie director. Um, he's a writer. He's a writer. And so there's a, those are different things. Yeah. And so, so there's some really like pulpy, weird ones that are... Think about it's the, not all horror. The, yeah, right. When it's you think about the gamut all... of things that you can run with Stephen King, mm-hmm. I don't know if anybody's ever done his westerns. Oh, I really like those books, uh-huh. and I like the Regulators. Was made it was it the Regulators or was it the one that starts with D? Well, the Regulators was not made into a film, but the other one was the one that starts with D. Desperation, right? But so he he's uh, he works in a number of genre genre uh, genre. Yes, I'm sorry. It's a it's a it's a big yeah wide swath of stuff. Um, we won't be done. For a while, yeah. Um, I'll be making up the list of things. We are going to include as m- many of the movies as we can, yeah, and as many of the mini series as we can get a hold of. Yeah, and we want to make sure that everything's accessible so that you can find them too. Yeah, right. Um, so we'll finish with Pet Cemetery, the latest Pet Cemetery. Uh-huh. At least, because we've seen it, mm-hmm. uh, we may finish with it. Right. Uh, because part two comes out in Which August. Which I'm really looking forward to seeing. Yeah. I really enjoyed the first part of that. Well. So we'll probably still be doing it then, so uh. it may be included as well. Um, what we probably won't include are things like Carrie 2. Mm-hmm. Um and uh, I don't know if we'll Kingdom Hospital was not was sort of like uh it was the adaptation of another source material. It wasn't I don't know. We'll we'll talk yeah. about Kingdom Hospital and the other thing that we watched on Hulu, which I can't think Castle Rock. Uh-huh. Um but yeah, I felt like the Lawnmower Man, the television adaptation of The Mist, the TV show. Yeah, the, the TV show. We'll ha- we'll probably we'll, do an episode on the TV right. show The Mist, but we're not going to rewatch it. And yeah. we'll probably do a thing where we time it so that we talk about the entirety of a miniseries in one episode, right? Um, rather than point by point. Which is interesting. I hadn't seen Rose Red. Maybe mm-hmm. n- probably for something like Rose Red, but maybe not for the Stand. If we do the right. Stand, the because Stand has too many characters to work. Already, yeah, too Rose Red is essentially one location. Yeah, the Stan is stretching over a yeah. sort of so right. that's what we're thinking of doing. We'll get deeper into that next week, but that's going to be season five mm-hmm. and it's going to start next week. Yep, um, and I'm excited about it. Yay! The other thing that we want to talk about briefly 
is our new podcast. Yes, our new podcast. That Come Hell or High Water comes out on Sunday. That's this coming Sunday, Easter Sunday. The show is called Without Works. Uh-huh. Uh, it's a podcast about religion and current events uh, from a liberal Liberal. I'll tell people so no one's disappointed in writing yes. to me afterwards. All the people I went to church with. So I am a an agnostic. An agnostic. You are were raised in a uh-huh. evangelical church. I am now a practicing Christian. I'm trying to figure out exactly what to call myself because it's such a weird one. Yeah. Um, because I, I'm not a regular church attender. I probably will be like Holy Week. I tend to be around. <laughs> like, yes. So but, um, we are going to talk about things in the news, uh-huh. people in the news, uh, and my various uh, right. thoughts and uh, concerns and things that fundamentalists are getting wrong. We're right. gonna go to the actual task text. We're gonna go to history. Um, this is. We want to make sure that everyone's aware of the fact this is not an evangelical program. We're not trying no, to convert No, we're not anyone. trying to convert anyone. There will not be a prayer meeting at the end of any no. show. Almost no one will speak in tongues. We Almost no one. I don't know. We can't guarantee that. And but. so what we're, yeah, we're, right. we're doing a cultural criticism podcast of right. Christianity. Of the way that it's being applied and basically misused. And, right. And so it's, I felt really important. We both felt it was really important because... The way it's being misused to manipulate people in our current culture. It's bad, y'all. Right. And trying to discover how to set things right. So I think that was one of the slogans we did, taking fundamentalism to church. Yes. That's what we want to do. We're starting that this week. It's going to be a bi-weekly podcast. Right. It's going to come. That's uh, fortnightly. A fortnightly. I Every like two word. weeks we're, we're aiming at right Dickensian. now. Dickensian. Um, and it'll start coming out this coming Sunday, April 21st. Uh-huh. So look for Without Works. We're also going to have a Facebook um, page. and With a logo drawn by me. That's right. Hand draw. Who was supposed to hand draw the dinosaurs for latecomers. He took too long. <laughs> I don't know what to say. Oh. <laughs> right. So. Wounded. Other than our new podcast uh-huh. and anything by Stephen King, do you have any recommendations for this week? Yes. That's a good idea. Um, we saw a film this weekend that I didn't actually expect a great deal of, and it's a a great pity because apparently it's had a really bad box office opening. All of their movies do. Um, it's a film called Missing Link. It's called Missing, Missing Link. Link. I was trying to think, was it the Missing Link or Missing Link? It's just Missing Link. Missing Link, which is uh, a film produced by Laika. Laika. And. Um, it uh, features the voices of Hugh Jackman and Emma Thompson and Zoe Saldana and Timothy Oliphant. It has a really good cast. And, and Zach, Zach Galifianakis, Galifianakis. <laughs> as Link. Right. Lemuel <laughs> Link, but he changes his name to Susan. Right. So there is, uh, it's a story about a kind of a, a wannabe Edwardian explorer who wants to be in, included in this club of uh, famous explorers. Basically, they're big game hunters who shoot things. Yeah, they're old white men who like it when old white men are in charge and are sad when old white men aren't in charge. It was, it was really a commentary on our times. Right. And so uh, one of the explorers, in an attempt to validate himself, because he did not bring back the Loch Ness Monster, 
finds Bigfoot and makes a deal with Bigfoot to present himself and present evidence of his existence in exchange for going to the Himalayas to be reunited with others of his own kind. Um, it is a very sweet movie in some, in some places. The hero is not entirely likable. I love the heroine in this movie. Yes. Who is, is not dependent on a man to rescue her constantly. I mean, she does as much rescuing as he does. Um, the, the Bigfoot creature in the movie is really, really sweet. There's, it's a really great piece of animation. I used to do stop motion animation when I was a film student. And so I have a huge respect for how much time and effort is taken in making a film like this. It's incredible. I kind of wish that the end credits was all right. how they did They only scenes. allow you one or two shots of how really complicated this the, the production was. Is it puppets? Yeah. Basically. And they're very large. I wouldn't have worked with them that size, but I suppose trying to get as many angles and as much character as they did, they had to. Yeah. Um, the, it had a really terrible opening uh, weekend. Don't let that discourage you. It has, like, these really high rankings. Um, so Leica does these uh, films. They did Coraline. Right. They did... Um, their last film was uh, Kubo. Kubo and Two Strings, which is phenomenal. Right. Uh, and I think probably their high watermark, mm-hmm. but all of their movies underperform in the box office, which is a shame right. because they are stunningly beautiful. They are all typically well written, mm-hmm. um, and yeah, no worth. No, mind you, this one, like I said, even if the rating is dis- or the uh, attendance is discouraging you, it has a what is it, eighty six percent. On Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah, something like that. It's it, really very high from people who've actually seen it. Now, yeah. Um, I'm on Facebook with a, in groups, a lot of stop motion groups, and what their complaint was was going, the problem is this is one of, I think, four Bigfoot-themed kids' movies that are released since the beginning of the year. Yeah. We saw another ad for just another one. Um, yeah. While we were in the theater. While we were in the theater, and yeah. So, the, this theme mm, seems to be the thing at the moment. Right. And so th- I don't know that the audience in itself, it's like the John Carter thing. There were a half a dozen Mars movies, and then John Carter got released, and people were exhausted on Mars. That was one of the, the ideas. Also, it was very, really poorly advertised. But I don't, I really hope it's not one of those films that goes under because it has a lot to say. It's a lot of fun visually. I mean, it's always going to be available. Right. Visually, it's just stunning. Yeah. I was amazed by, when I watched Kubo, I was amazed by the action scenes in that, how really accurate they were and that they're really kind of, um, their use of uh, martial arts in that one. There are some action scenes here with tracking cameras. I couldn't even imagine how difficult the setups were for doing this film. And there's some great characters, too. There's a lot of... Uh, and also, it's it's like what we talked about with Shazam. It's a, a mildly scary film, with, so be aware of that with your kids. Like, the villains really do bad things, and they... Yeah, is it PG? It feels like a PG. Yeah, and it is, I believe. Yeah, so not little, little ones. Right. And um, we also, we were in the theater with some really little ones who were scared of how loud the noise was. Yeah, we were in the Dolby <laughs> reclining theater, which yeah. is very loud. And before the movie even started, mm-hmm. when they started doing the ads for the Dolby that are right. all booming and these kids are like, eh. <laughs> I'm like, oh, this is not going to go well. We didn't so. even get past the trailers before they were no, gone and panicking. they were upset. Right? I was like, I don't blame them. It's loud as hell. Yeah. And if these kids have any sound sensitivity, this is going to be a nightmare. Yeah. 
But it was a great film. I really enjoyed it. I didn't go in expecting a great deal, even though I like all of their movies. Yeah. But this one really was very sweet and very special and it has a lot to say. It's a fun movie. So do you have something that you would recommend? I think I might preemptively recommend a thing I haven't watched yet. <laughs> okay, what was that? <laughs> so we're going to see Little tomorrow night. Uh-huh. By the time this episode drops, I will have seen Little. Y'all just go see this movie to support it. <laughs> this movie was is, is executive produced by the youngest executive producer of all time, mm-hmm. who is a 14-year-old black girl, uh, directed by a black woman, starring black women, written by two black women, produced by black women. It's amazing. Uh, it is... Oh, Marseille Martins uh, is the young lady from Blackish, the youngest young lady from Blackish. Um, and she was watching Big with her parents and went, why don't we turn this around? Right. And she pitched it, and they made it. Uh, and it looks amazing, and I'm super excited about going to see it. But support art with people who are not the same people that you always look at. Now, and, uh, and just to clarify this point with everyone in the audience, it's not that we're saying don't support white art. I'm not. Art made by white artists or white male artists. It's just that we've seen that story before. Yes. And so I like the idea of opening it up so that there are other voices and other stories to tell. I remember getting upset with people in some of my writing classes when they're like, well, there's only six or seven stories to tell. I'm like, no, there's a lot of stories. There's just six and seven stories from a single culture that you can take. Right. You know, um, I I got into a conversation also recently with uh, somebody who was trying to understand the whole Godzilla thing with me. And it's like, well, they don't have corollaries in the West because they're based on Shinto gods. Yes. And this was an eye-opener for them. It's like, oh, is that what this is? It's like, yes, nature gods coming. And so there's a whole different mythology and a whole different set of rules and that we can see, and it really makes for great storytelling. I don't know if we've had something on the scale of Princess Mononoke here for a long time. And it was because you were able to put together all these different kinds of mythology into a story that then presents itself to you. So, yeah. Yeah. I'm looking forward to any kind of story where you get to see something that you haven't seen before. Either cultures or subcultures, anything. Yeah. Yeah. So, and yes, we need more diversity behind Mm. the camera. Yeah. That leads to more diversity in front of the camera. And it leads to better enjoyment for the audience. You get to see more than you ever did before. Yeah, I just, I don't understand the, well, it's not for me. Because it stars all black women. What? <laughs> black women have been watching your white man nonsense for a hundred years. Well, I mean, there, what do you I mean it's not for you? A very interesting article today about uh, Star Wars fandom and how there's um, mm. a woman who's organized a female-based Star Wars fandom group that has grown in numbers. Mm-hmm. And she said it was basically because Every the time, men in the fandom were right. trash. Well, hey, sorry, but it's true. <laughs> that was what she was saying. It's like it was, she was tired of being shouted down or being spoken over mm-hmm. or as if her opinion didn't matter. They are gatekeepers to yeah. the worst degree. Something about Star Star Wars, specifically right. that fa- I mean, well, there are a lot of fandoms that are highly problematic in this man. did a better job by being more... Manner. Yes. The, it the show itself was more inclusive. was really inclusive and diverse. And so it started from a better place. Star Wars was very 
I mean, one of, uh, in the book Future Tense on science fiction movies, John Brosnan, his first criticism were, you're a whole universe with no black people. And yeah. and the women were also underrepresented as the heroes of the story. Right. And I can understand some of the disappointment with some of the old fans watching the new films where most of your, where a lot of your characters are just sort of killing off and getting killed off. I don't They're understand. Old. I don't understand the vitriol towards the new characters necessarily. Yeah. Like, it seems to be an anger focused solely on the fact that there are more women, <laughs> you know, in this universe. So anyhow, uh, long story short, yes, support diversity. So support I don't know how good it is, but I I don't care. I think right. it, it, the, the ads looked really cute, really mm-hmm. funny. I think it's worth going to the films, going to the movies for that, to support yeah. that. So... Uh, that's my recommendation. And now we take our leave. We wish you a happy Easter. Happy, happy Easter. Holy Week. Yes. So is that what you say? Yes. Well, you can. Um, it's very unhappy for one person, but yeah. it's okay for the Good Friday. Very confusing. Yeah. Um, oh, Good Friday, yes. It's coming up. Yeah. It's this coming one, in fact. So we will talk to you on Sunday and Without mm-hmm. Works, and we will talk to you next Thursday about Stephen King. Stephen King. This is my mother's legacy, and I'm excited about it. Uh, so you can find us on Facebook at Latecomer the, at the Latecomers Podcast. Mm-hmm. We'll just look for Latecomers Podcast, and you can tweet at us at Latecomers Pod, and you can email us latecomerspod at gmail.com. Thank you for sticking with us through four seasons, and we yes. hope you come with us to season that. five. Uh, we can only get better. <laughs> we love you very much. Take your medicine, and remember, better, better late than, than never. never. I'm going to say it forever. <laughs>